Well, good morning to those of you who are here in the cathedral, and hi to everybody who's watching at home. I hope that you are staying safe and healthy. It's been quite a week, hasn't it? Hmm. Filled with uncertainty. This whole COVID-19, the stock market, the schools and the businesses closing, what to do about childcare, what changes need to be made to keep people safe and healthy, and how do we predict what's going to happen next? Lots and lots of uncertainty. Oh, and yes, there was Tom and I's trip to our favorite Costco on Friday, where it looked like the day before Thanksgiving times 10. What a stupid thing to do. And the questions, they go on and on and on. I must confess, it's been hard for me to concentrate. And I said to Nathan um, over the weekend that my mind just keeps wandering from here to here to here, and I wasn't sure there was even going to be a sermon this morning. And I do have to confess, I'm still unsure about where the Spirit will lead us, you and I, on this unconventional morning. I want to invite you for just a few moments to put aside, if you're able, all those questions, all those concerns, all those challenges, and I know they are many, and just to be present to God. I invite you to invite the Spirit to sit beside you in these next few moments and allow the comfort of God's presence to surround you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. We have just heard from Matthew the story from the Gospel of John about a woman at the well. It is a story about uncertainty. Jesus is traveling and he chooses a route that was not normally used by Jews. Jesus and his disciples have left Judea and they are headed to Galilee. And I imagine that Jesus' disciples may have been a bit unsure about his traveling decision, though our scripture doesn't refer to it. I'd think there would be some uncertainty on their part about going into unwelcome territory. Yet, going through Samaria was the most direct route to Judea. And his disciples had been where they had been and were headed to Jerusalem. And just outside just outside the town of Sychar, at the crossroads, 
there was a famous landmark. It was Jacob's well. Jesus was hot and tired from the journey, and he takes a break near the well. It's noontime, and he figured no one else will be coming to the well in the heat of the day. His disciples have gone into town to buy food, and Jesus sat quietly in solitude in the shade of a tree. Unexpectedly, his privacy is interrupted when a woman comes to draw water, as she too thinks no one will certainly be at the well in the heat of the day. She doesn't see him at first until he steps out from the shadow of the tree and he asks her for a drink. Surprised and uncertain about this stranger, she's shocked by his request. She reminds him, as though he doesn't already know it, that he is a Jew, she is a Samaritan, and that it is not proper for them to be talking. Centuries of hatred had festered between the two peoples. Samaritans, according to Jewish law and custom, were outcasts. To be in contact with a Samaritan would render a Jew unclean. And to have a conversation in public with a woman, particularly a Samaritan, was unheard of. But here's Jesus. Here's Jesus, a Jewish rabbi, breaking all of the rules of convention and initiating a conversation with a woman. And he offers her a riddle. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. What a ridiculous comment, she must have thought. You can't give me any water. You don't have a bucket. It's not possible. The woman, thinking only of the reality before her, wonders if this man doesn't have a bucket, then where is this living water coming from? Disbelieving him, challenging him, she asks him if he thinks he's better than Jacob who dug the well originally and who drank and nourished his flocks from it. But you see, it's, it's not Jacob's well that Jesus is talking about. If one drinks from Jacob's well, they'll be thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the well of God, whoever drinks from drinks of the living water will never thirst. Not only will they not be thirsty, but the water will come and it will be this constant fountain of flowing and swelling up within them. It would be a fountain of eternal life flowing. Well, She thinks to herself, still considering only her temporal reality, if she's not going to ever have to come to the well in the heat of the day again, then she definitely wants that water. And so she asks him to give her the living water. 
I have to wonder, I have to wonder yet that there may have still been a level of uncertainty. Could she really count on this living water? Was this man before her telling her the truth? Was he able to really follow through? As I pondered this woman's willingness to receive this gift of water being offered to her, I thought about something. This goes to show you kind of how my mind works. I thought about a new ministry that's being offered here in the Trinity South parking lot on Mondays. It's also about water. It's the community laundry and shower services. Now, you may think this is a stretch, but I think that these are services that are providing living water to those who are in need. This is a service. It's a gift that comes from godly hearts. And just as Jesus did with the Samaritan woman, even knowing everything he knew about her, he offers her this living water simply for the taking. And you see, that's what this Trinity Cathedral is doing when we offer this service of laundry and shower services. It's living water from our understanding and our desire to serve all God's people. The story with the Samaritan woman who, by the way, as you'll notice, goes unnamed, goes on with a theological discussion with Jesus about worship. And the woman ultimately sets down her water jar and goes back to the village proclaiming the good news about the one who had told her about everything she had done. And members of her Samaritan community believed her story, and they invited Jesus to come and stay with them, which he did. Their encounter with Jesus confirms what the Samaritan woman had told them, and they come to know Jesus as Savior of the world. They came to know Jesus as the living water. Jesus was the well to which they could go, and their thirst would be quenched. The fountain of living water came as they took Jesus into their hearts, and his love was the well from which they could always, always, always draw. A few years ago, I was in a grocery store in search for some bottled water to use in a class. And I stood in front of the shelf trying to decide which of these array of bottled waters I was going to purchase. I spent some time taking each one off the shelf and reading the ingredients and reading where they came from and looking out to see how much they cost. Finally, I got really frustrated, so I just grabbed a whole bunch of different ones, put them in my my, uh, cart, and headed to the front, put the bottles on the belt, and... As they came to the checker, she said to me, now what in the world are you going to do with all these different bottles of water? And I told her that I was an Episcopal priest and that I was going to use the water as a demonstration for class. I asked her if she knew that there were 10 to 15 different companies of bottled water on their shelf. 
And she said, no. But, she said, I do know that some bottled water tastes better than others. I guess, she went on, I guess it must be the source of the water that makes a difference. Little did she know That was precisely the intent of my class. It is the source of the water that makes a difference. It is Jesus' love and compassion for someone with whom he should have never come in contact that changes a life. He changes the lives of her people, too. It's Jesus' willingness to break down barriers, to risk defilement and confrontation by his disciples, to abide with and become one of the Samaritan villagers that changes the lives of those who meet him. He is the source of life living among them. It is the source of the water that causes the woman to become the first witness the first evangelist. It is the depth of his tenderness and wisdom that inspires the woman to spread the good news of Jesus. My fellow Trinitarians, wherever you may be, Jesus offers us today the same living water, the same tenderness, the same forgiveness, the same mercy, the same wisdom, the same love, and the same courage. Holy courage to live into and through a time of uncertainty. We have the well of Jesus' compassion to help us know how to be of assistance to those who are in need. Together, all of us, even when we're not in the same room as God's people, we, like the Samaritan woman, can share the good news of Jesus as we provide calm in the storm and food for the hungry, a listening ear and a heart filled with love, 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 and hope. My dear friends, remember, God loves you. God loves you. And God is here for you. And with God's help and the support of one another, we shall face all the uncertainties of life together. As I close, I share with you the prayer from the Episcopal Relief and Development. Let us pray. God of the present moment, God, who in Jesus stills the storm and soothes the frantic heart. Bring hope and courage to all who wait or work in uncertainty. Bring hope that you will make them the equal of whatever lies ahead. Bring them courage to endure what cannot be avoided. For your will is health and wholeness. You are God, and we need you. This we pray in Christ our Lord. Amen.